like to welcome you to One Month to a Better Board. In this month of February 2017, I'm going to go through and do a series of podcasts talking about making your board more effective. I'm going to start out with the legal requirements that a board has around compliance, move into why a board needs a compliance committee and compliance expertise at the board. I'm going to talk about how the CCO should report to the board and questions that a board compliance committee should ask of a CCO. We're going to take a look at some government guidance and business experience around compliance in the board. We're going to talk about some board failures. We're going to talk about how boards do investigations. We're going to look at boards and internal controls. I'm going to end with a series of specific questions that a board should ask of its chief compliance officer. And on my final day, I'll detail 20 questions that every board should ask of its chief compliance officer. Each day, I will give you a short 10-minute or so podcast with three key takeaways for that day. And I will accompany each podcast with text that you can use. The 20 questions that I referenced will be provided on the final day of February. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey to one month to a more effective board. Welcome to day 16, the board and succession planning. In an article entitled Advancing Board Refreshment Through the Director Succession Planning Process, William Libet and Todd Freer listed a six-step process that a board should utilize for or to facilitate director succession planning. This is an area that I don't think gets enough play in the discussion of the obligations of a board, but certainly in the realm of compliance, it's important that the board be ready to replace a chief compliance officer or a board be ready to facilitate the elevation to an employee to senior executive status and or engage in adding new personnel to the board. So as an initial step, step number one, the board should examine corporate governance documents to see what policies and procedures currently exist, either in the form of corporate governance guidelines, corporate charters, or director nomination policies, and then utilize those as the basis moving forward. Step number two, use an assessment framework. Director succession is generally most effective when reviewed and planned in an assessment framework on a regular basis. Such frameworks can include assessing the current strengths and weaknesses of the board and each board member, each board committee. It can be identifying the long and short-term skill needs of the board, particularly in light of the overall compliance strategy, evolving compliance risks and shareholder issues. It can involve evaluating the board's assessment changes when retiring directors are factored into the analysis. What's the age of your board members? Are you going to simply renominate another set of board members going forward? And four, Shifting the board's approach of automatically renominating existing directors to one that bases the decision a director's renomination on a number of board criteria, such as the evolving compliance needs and director's performance regarding compliance. So there, um, 
number of questions that the board needs to engage in for essentially self-assessment, but to be ready to bring to bear the appropriate skills for boards going forward, either through new blood coming in or on the renomination process. Number three, conduct due diligence. Obviously, we talked about a executive level due diligence and why that is important in uh, yesterday's podcast. But today, I'd like to focus on that for executive level due diligence for a director candidate. So whether a director comes through a uh, internal recommendation, a formal third-party recruiters, other sources such as the NACD, or some combination, the board needs to engage in its own independent board-level due diligence for evaluating the characteristics, credentials, independence, and potential related third-party transactions or conflicts of interest of any potential board member. At a minimum, we should look at professional employment, directorships, civic and charitable involvement awards, education, professional certifications, personal attributes, social media, postings, uh, writings, books, speeches, all of those things that we talked about yesterday. Um, and you should engage a, a really a top-notch firm that focuses on executive and board-level due diligence. Number four, maintaining a pipeline. After conducting director qualification assessments and the appropriate due diligence, a board should maintain a pipeline of qualified candidates and uh, this can help ameliorate any significant changes in board employment for health concerns or other unexpected personal or professional reasons. Having qualified candidates already identified will greatly assist the effectiveness and efficiency of the board succession process. Number four, assess board policies. As part of your director succession planning, a board should annually assess its own leadership, committee structure, rotation, and mandatory retirement policies not the individuals, but the policies themselves. Hopefully your company has a corporate policy management oversight, uh, but the board needs to do this at its level. This is typically delegated to the corporate compliance committee of the board, but I might suggest that this would be an appropriate task for the compliance committee because a compliance committee should have uh, expertise around policies and procedures and can bring that to bear. Number five, disclose your strategy. Certain institutional investors and corporate governance advocates encourage companies to disclose their succession strategies. Uh, this can help you both in terms of the communications with your stakeholders, including shareholders, employees, and others, but also be a good uh, defense in addition to a shield if uh, you're put in uh, any type of shareholder litigation or if the government comes knocking knocking, articulating, communicating your strategy will give uh, a clear metric by which you can be measured and held accountable going forward. And finally, benchmark your strategy. Boards should regularly benchmark their direct uh, director succession and board refreshment strategy with not only peers in the industry, but uh, your peers rather, but those in the industry. And if you're a global company, other global companies, uh, you don't want to be an outlier but uh, if you're in the middle of the road, I think that uh, that would be where you would need to be. Obviously, you need to stay abreast of evolving policies and positions of large institutional investors, uh, shareholders, and government advocates. Uh, CalPERS leads the way on this. But uh, others, such as uh, State Street advisors, uh, talk about the obligations of boards uh, going forward. And you want to be uh, really ahead of all of that. So what are your three key takeaways today? Well, the first is 
the term board refreshment, and that's really a hot topic today. It's uh, up there with uh, director pay, uh, excuse me, executive pay, and other topics that uh, shareholder activists are really getting their heads around. Obviously, diversity is important, but how are you looking to refresh your board rather than simply renominate going forward? The second is to have uh, considerations for your boards, both in terms of the structural components of who should be on the board, but also their skill level and do you match those up. And finally, transparency. Uh, This is becoming uh, more and more important. It is becoming more important around reputational risks so that I think the more transparent you can be regarding the criteria for director succession planning, the better off you're going to be. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining me on day 16 of One Month to a Better Board, and I hope you will join me tomorrow for day... This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining for today's episode of 30 Days to a Better Board. This series is based on my seminal work, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. It's available from Compliance Week, and you can check it out on their website, compliancework.com. I hope you will join me tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.